Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla, with you guys on a Tuesday. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is your official... California Classic Post Game Show. We're sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon after the Lakers just lost to the Kings. Blow it all up, man. The season's lost. The season's over. You can't beat the Kings. Come on, Alex. I'm just kidding. But this uh, are you watching the California Classic? Yeah, I have been. <laughs> I've been uh I've watched the first three games or the only three games there. And um it's been interesting. It's been sloppy, you know, it's the California classic. It's not even the actual summer league yet. So so. I watched the last four minutes of today's game because you told me you were watching it. Uh So are they playing like in were all the games at an empty chase center? Were there fans there or was what's going on with the I think it was just uh today. I think it was only NBA personnel and some family. I forget the reason why, but um yeah, it was a little little weird seeing that. So we'll get to that here. Uh, Let's just get to it. How about that? Let's just get it out of the way. And then today if you're listening and you're like, I don't care about California Classic. We will be talking about the latest with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and the Lakers and Russell Westbrook because there was a lot of stuff today that went public. And not all of it sounds so positive, but we will get to that. I promise that's our main thing for today. But since we started off there, Alex, I mean, when you watch California Classic, when you're going to watch Summer League starting next week in Vegas, who are you keeping an eye on? Who should people keep an eye on besides, obviously, Max Christie, right? He's the guy that we should we, we bought a draft pick for him, so mm-hmm. he's the guy we're paying attention. What do you think of him so far in the three games that you've seen? It's been pretty mixed. Um, I, I think with Max, it's been it's been pretty obvious since that, that first game that in terms of physically, he, he's probably not there yet mm-hmm. in terms of playing at the next level. Um, he's very thin. Um, he, his length his length has popped though like the, the wingspan is legit he he has can like in terms of like that being a factor i think that's i can see why they have intrigue there um defensively i think he's actually been really impressive i think even though he has given up a lot of weight uh, against other other players i think he uses his length well he uses he has really good instincts at the point of attack he he battles he's rebounded well um in terms of the downside offense, it looks like he still has a, a ways to go there. He, he hasn't gone to the rim much. His jumper, um, the thing that a lot of people are worried about, it's kind of come and gone. The, the mid-range game isn't there. So in terms of the offense, it hasn't been good. Defensively, I, I will say he has impressed, though. So we've seen this before with the Lakers draft pick. Obviously, you know, with Ingram, it was it was different because he was a top, I forget, top three, top four, whatever he was. So it was a little different, a little bit more expectation coming out for him. But we've seen this before where the guy's not physically ready and it took him a few years to physically be ready, but he did show signs. And like I said, I'm not going to compare Christie, who's a second rounder that they bought out of the magic to a lottery pick or a top five pick like, like Ingram was. But, you know, the Lakers have some experience recently in having to form basically a body for a player. So this is nothing new. Yeah, no, he's total project, and that that was something people said right away when they when they drafted him. Um, again, I, I can see why they like him physically. The tools are there, long wingspan. Um, he has that three and D archetype. If the three comes around, 
Um, that that wasn't really there yet in, in the California Classic. He did make a couple. He he hit a couple nice floaters during those three games. Um, but more, I think the defense is definitely more advanced at this point than the offense. And we'll see how that that shapes up. Obviously, you know it's three California Classic games. It's not he's not playing with LeBron. He's not playing with AD. He's not playing with Kyrie. <laughs> so he's not playing with with the guys he's going to be playing with. But it's interesting to see. It's your first look at these guys, and we're going to get a, a a closer look next week when all these games really become televised and. You're going to start seeing players show up to Vegas and it'll be a little bit more, but um, anything else that stood out to you as far as the Lakers go? I mean, you, you got you know, Scotty Pippen Jr. You got Sharif. The, the, obviously those are the two names that fans are aware of, but is there other guys that stood out to you that you're like, Oh, okay. I want to keep my eye on him next week. I think the big one is Jay Huff. I, I think um, as a, maybe that's a, a name fans are familiar with. He played a lot with the South Bay Lakers last year. I think he got called up at some point with the Lakers uh, during the season. He didn't get to play much, but um, during the California classic, he showed that he could space the floor as a, as a seven footer. He he had a really nice shooting stroke. He protected the room really well um, during these three games, which goes a long way. And I know the Lakers have interest in a guy like Thomas Bryant. So it is interesting to see an in-house option in Jay Huff show that they have a stretch big, at least somewhat in their system. And I thought he played really well. He didn't play today. Unfortunately, he, he entered the health and safety protocols, but I would say he's probably was the most um, impressive Lakers so far. All right. Well, there you go. The Lakers did not win the California classic title. The Kings did. If that's my understanding. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the, the announcers <laughs> were joking about that, but uh, yeah, both teams were undefeated going into today. So there hasn't been a, podcast on on this network since like four or five days because obviously it was a long holiday weekend for everybody and there has been some free agent signings that the lakers have done trying to get a list in front of me so i don't miss anybody but i obviously i think last week we talked about damian jones being a possibility or he was signed did we talk about this last we haven't talked about what we did was we said next time we talk the team could be completely different it pretty much is so what have you thought about the Lakers free agent signings that they have? Uh, I'm, I'm going to get a list in front of me and then we will, uh, and then we'll do this. Um, but I don't, I do know that Damian Jones is one of them. Juan Toscano Anderson yep. was the other, they used their MLE and um, it Lonnie wasn't Walker. on right. Lonnie Walker, Malik Monk goes to the Kings, which we talked about and I'm missing someone from the bulls and I'm uh, forgetting his name. Troy right? Brown, Jr. Troy Brown, Jr. Those are the guys we have so far. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that pops off right away is, is they're all young. I shoot. I, I should probably have my tweet up. But I did tweet it out. I think like their average age of the signing so far is like 25 point something. So definitely have a type that they've gone for so far. They want to get younger. That's pretty obvious, which is like a complete 180 from what they did last summer where they really were all, all in on veterans. So it's interesting to see that they took maybe the opposite approach here and um there's some signings i like more than the others but i think overall it's still really early i think there's obviously trades that can still happen i think that's impacted why they haven't finished uh, like signing the rest of their roster so far it's interesting today too that you're seeing the nets make a lot of moves because they're in the they think they signed like two or three guys today yeah. and it's very interesting because obviously the lakers are going to be connected to the nets with kyrie irving so much talk over the weekend about Kyrie and coming to the Lakers and how much that was a possibility. And then today, 
we got a bunch of news uh, coming out of Shams, who was on the Pat McAfee show. I thought to me, the biggest quote that stood out was when he said, there is no traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving. Obviously, there's been more reports uh, from Shams on the same show. The Nets are operating under the possibility that Kyrie and KD could be on the roster opening night. They will not move KD until, quote, the price is met. So that last line is interesting to me because I felt like the Wolves gave up a lot for Rudy Gobert, like a lot for Rudy Gobert. And if Rudy Gobert commands that, which I get it, defensive player, defense, all, all team defensive player, defensive player of the year, all-star, I get it, but not KD, nowhere near KD. And KD's locked up for four years. So you know you're going to have him. What does the prices met? mean for KD and I think that's important because I don't think the Lakers are in on KD obviously but are these moves connected because I don't think there's a way you take Russ if you're Brooklyn with KD still there yeah no I I I mean I I feel like they're both going to be gone right I think KD and Kyrie are going to go out I, I know Sham's report today says maybe possibly otherwise but I think the last few days like it's just been both the Lakers and Nets trying to gain some type of leverage in terms of like what the Lakers have to send out versus what they don't have to send out for Kyrie. And um, yeah, I, I don't expect the Nets to realistically bring both back to training camp, but it's the only leverage point they have. Like they, mm-hmm. they can just say, no, we don't have to trade these guys, even though we know that they probably do. So yeah, I, I, the KD, I, I wonder how connected the KD and Kyrie thing is. Cause some have said that they, they want to deal with, KD first and then they'll trade Kyrie mm-hmm. after but I don't know if they're totally connected I can see Kyrie be traded first I wonder where Shams gets this info from obviously he is very connected to Kyrie he we made fun of him last week because he made he put that a 11 even quote about being different and I'm opting in from Kyrie so you would assume that he's talking to Kyrie's team someone in the Kyrie team and then there's another report today and this is from Woj that the Lakers have not been, quote, aggressive in trying to trade for Kyrie Irving. Uh, I'll just read it because why not? The Lakers have yet, I'm told, to be aggressive in trying to put a deal together for Kyrie from Brooklyn. That may come, that may evolve with time, but so far right now, there's no traction really on deals with either Irving or Durant. Again, it's, it's like conflicting reports because didn't we just get like a Chris Haynes thing like a day or two ago saying that the Lakers were actively engaged with, yeah. the, with the Nets on a Russell Westbrook package. And they even talked about potential other players already being sent here, like in a Joe Harris or Seth Curry. So I, again, I think a lot of this is just both teams trying to milk out an extra asset. or Posturing. Not yeah, it's posturing. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised if... Because this is the other interesting part, Alex, sorry to cut you off, but this is the, so you try and put all these puzzle pieces together. Mark Stein saying the Mavs have no plans to, tr- to pursue Kyrie. The Lakers are the only team trying to get Kyrie. And I find that super interesting because I just think that they're both teams, the Lakers and the Nets are in a very similar situation where they have a guy that's making a lot of money that they don't want on their team. And the team they're trying to t- trade him to don't have interest in any sort of extension. Like, yeah. let's just trade these guys. Obviously, we're the Lakers, or there's going to be extra pieces added, probably. It's not going to be a, a, a one-for-one swap. But it's they're so similar that I think 
neither team really has that much leverage over the other because everyone knows Lakers don't want Russ. Nets don't want Kyrie. The Nets don't want to extend Russ. The Lakers likely don't want to extend Kyrie. This is almost like, this is like too easy to do. And now everyone's kind of, you know, it's going to get a little bit mumbled for a little bit, but that's the way I read it is that these teams both want the same thing, but nobody kind of want to, wants to come off as the losing side. Yeah, no. And, and I, I, I get that. And I think that's why we're hearing reports that like, if a trade were to happen, there might be a third team involved, right? Like um, a team takes Westbrook from the Nets, So the Nets don't have to take Westbrook, even though like, I don't get why the Nets um, wouldn't want Westbrook for a year. Like they're, they're not, I mean, they don't really have a draft pick. So if they play well or don't play well, I don't think that really impacts them. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that by the end of this, there's a third team involved and Westbrook goes somewhere else, like to the Hornets or to the Pacers. And um, I, I don't know if the Lakers, I, I think the Lakers might want to extend Kyrie. You, you think they wouldn't want to extend him? I, I would say they're going to see how it goes. Yo, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I said, they'd see how it goes. It's not going to be a, Hey, we got you. And then it's to go along with, Hey, we got Kyrie. Here's a four year extension. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't see that. I don't think there's a reason to do that. You know, I think you're going to, you're, you would almost have a motivated Kyrie. I know he operates very differently, but you would almost assume that he would be a motivated Kyrie to prove like, Hey, is this the team you want to be on now that you're here? You know, are are you going to come in and wreck another franchise? You know, you got Brooklyn, you got Boston done, Brooklyn done. Like, are you just going to knock off teams that you can just like create havoc at? Or do you really want to find a home? And do you really want to make yourself? Cause him and AD going forward could be a great team. They could be a great dude. And I'm not including LeBron because we don't know yet, but if, just say LeBron does sign an extension or LeBron doesn't sign an extension. You still have AD and Kyrie going forward if it works out and they do sign it. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to come with a lot of question marks and it's going to come with his, can AD stay healthy? Can Kyrie mentally stay here? Blah, blah, blah. But when you say the name Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving as your top two players going forward, that's a lot better than, than what it looks like right now for the Lakers. Yeah. And then the reports have said, you know, LeBron has been, you know, backing this hundred percent. Like he kind of really wants this to happen. Yeah. So if anything, also getting Kyrie maybe puts you in an even better position to get LeBron to, to extend right. It, versus not getting Kyrie and LeBron looking at you, like you didn't trade Russ at the deadline. You didn't get Kyrie this off season when you could have um, that may put LeBron in a position where he's not fully committed going forward. So um since we haven't talked about it, how much would you give up for Kyrie? Because that seems like something the Lakers right now are asking themselves. Yeah. I mean, is it, if it's a very, it's a very interesting question because I would just say not very much. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by not very much, obviously Russ is included in the deal, right? Yes. After that, not very much because it's such a question mark of what you're getting. As far as a personality goes, as far as the man goes, it's such a huge question mark of what you're going to get. When we talk about just a player, yeah, you would probably be like, yeah, I'll give up the two firsts for that, you know, because you're, you're assuming that Kyrie could be your point guard of the future, someone that they've never really we, – we said this last year. They never had someone like Russell Westbrook. And then we would say this now. They've never had someone like Kyrie Irving. And, like, in a very – if ever they've had a point guard like Kyrie Irving. I, I, I am just pessimistic about leveraging your entire future draft load 
yeah. when we've seen what he does when he gets to places. If he's not happy, he's not happy. Also, like you said, when the market really is just the Lakers bidding against themselves, you don't want yeah. that's you don't also don't want to give up a ton of assets when you maybe don't have to. Um, it sounds like in terms of what's been reported, it sounds like the Lakers are willing to give up at least one first, uh, maybe a couple seconds or something like that to get Kyrie. Um, I just view it as if you're going to try to get rid of Westbrook anyway, right? And you're going to use a first to, to dump him somewhere. I would like definitely do that if I can get a Kyrie back, even if it's right. one year um, rental or whatever, even if it doesn't work out, because you're going to do that anyway. Like some yeah. people wanted the Lakers to trade Westbrook in a first for John Wall. Like yeah. if you're going to, if you if you're arguing for that, then I, I don't see the argument against going after Kyrie, who is you're... probably the best fit of a point guard out there. And if you're talking about like the other quote on trade options that the Lakers had, you know, the Pacers, Brogdon is gone. So that deal's kind of weird now. And then if you're looking at the Charlotte deal, I, I would take my chance on the Kyrie instead of the Gordon Hayward, whatever package that looks like, you know, like, so the other options out there, I think the Kyrie one is just a, a home run if they're able to pull it off. He gives them the best ceiling, the highest ceiling, right? He gives them the best chance at, at winning a championship. I think he also gives them like the best chance at this failing. Like if something happens this year, he doesn't play for whatever reason, and there's drama, then obviously there's risk with that. But in terms of the reward, I, I think he like severely outweighs all the other trade scenarios. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be comfortable giving up two firsts. I know a lot of fans are like, whatever, like just do it, get it done. But I think you probably don't have to. And I think it sounds like the Lakers could probably even get back another player in the deal, like a Seth Curry or Joe Harris. And I'm not sure how long, how much is that going to take? Probably Westbrook and a, a THT or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I think this is definitely something the Lakers have to explore and, and try to get done. Yeah. And also, dude, if you're the Nets and you have this, this list of teams that KD wants to go to, I'm not looking at that list. I'm like, what do I owe you? Like, I am going to trade you to whoever gives me the best package for you. Like, if that's not Phoenix, sorry. You know, if it's Orlando, if Orlando comes up and gives me their next decade of picks and, and I don't know, and Bancaro for whatever, I don't know, I'm just throwing random things out there, then I might, I'm going to do whatever I is, whatever is best for my organization going forward. You don't want to be here. I don't have, the Nets have no obligation to make KD happy, you know? So, and and I bring that up because let's say that the moves aren't correlated. Mm-hmm. Let's say the KD doesn't get traded this off season. I don't think the noise goes away. I think the noise keeps going. I, why would it not keep going? Like it's, he hasn't come out and said, no, I don't want to trade. So that's even, he did that before on his own podcast, like a week like five days before the, the news came out, he th- he was like, no, I, I have no interest in getting traded, blah, blah, blah. So I think that if you're the Nets and you can get an expiring contract but still get a player that is going to score points, score rebounds, or get rebounds, and like Russ is still going to put up numbers. It's still a name. Yeah, and you're still going to be – I don't know what the Nets are going to be next year. Honestly, I have no idea, but I think, you know – it, it just like I like it just makes sense. It, all of it makes so much sense. The Nets are stuck in a crappy position. They're like in a terrible position because they're going to go from NBA title favorites to rebuilding in a span of one offseason. 
and it was completely unexpected probably to Marks and Nash. So I don't know, man. It's super interesting though. Yeah. I mean, they're in a position where all their draft picks went out in, in those James Harden deals and getting that super team together. So right now they're just in a recoup like period where they have to gain assets. They have to gain cap space so they can maybe take on bad contracts to get more draft picks. So it's like the Westbrook thing makes sense because you put up with him for one year, you probably get a pick or two. He expires. Then you free up all that cap space. You can just do it again. It's basically what the Thunder have been doing for the last few years. So yeah, it is interesting to see like if they kind of grant Durant's wishes about which teams he goes to, because more often than not, like when the stars say like, I want to go play like X, Y, and Z, like they usually do get traded there. Like Harden made his way to Philadelphia. Durant made his way, you know, to all the places he's been to. Uh, AD made his way to the Lakers. Kyrie's probably going to make his way to the Lakers. It usually works out that those guys get to where they want to be, but um, I'm sure that everybody's trying to get KD at this point. How about this? A report from our friends at Golden State of Mind. Not really from them, but they just wrote this up. According to ESPN's Mark Spears, the Warriors have reached out to the Nets and expressed interest in acquiring Durant once again. I mean... So if the Warriors are interested in KD, to your point, everyone is interested in KD. Like, if you are an NBA fan, if you have... If you are an NBA organization and you are not at least calling the Nets to see what's up, you're not doing your job. Absolutely. Like, even if you don't have the assets, you still just call and see what's up. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. Yep. I think I saw a report like half the teams were interested, and I was like, well, half the teams need to fire their GM. I was yeah. going to say, what are the other half doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, as much as I think what KD is doing is, is, is I guess, cowardly. What, what, what KD is doing and, and honestly, I mean, Kyrie opted in, but it, he's still KT, you know, he's still when healthy, he's still whatever top three, top five player in the league. And you, if there is a remote chance that you can get him on your team, you should probably explore it. Not saying you have to do it, but you 100% need to explore it. Like if you can, you imagine like if the bucks right now are like, Hey, wouldn't KD and Giannis be look good together? Like, no one would blame the Bucks for trying or yeah. even Boston. Like Boston, they just ran out of buckets. They ran out of people that the ability to score, they got so drained that they needed a guy at the end of the, at the end of the, of the finals there, you know, the Warriors won and they're doing the right job by calling the nets. And I don't know what that trade package would look like, but this is a very, I, I don't remember a time when a legitimate superstar, maybe not his prime, but very near his prime, who's locked in on a four-year contract, yep. is available. And that's the thing. I think it's the contract. Like it's more often not. It's usually a star in his last year of his deal, mm-hmm. and a team has to kind of take that risk of trading for him and then hoping they can extend him. I mean, we just we just went through with AD. Yeah, this is a guy like you said, KD, who's you know still showed when he's healthy can be a top three player. And you can lock him in to your team for at least another three years or four, you know, if things work out. So yeah, that, that's a big selling point for Brooklyn, right? Like he, he, they're going to ask for as much as they can get, knowing that that team getting him is going to have him locked in. Um, he's really their only tradable piece that can kind of recoup things for the future. 
So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing drags on for most of the summer for Katie. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think the Kyrie thing does though. I don't, I don't know how those are really correlated unless Kyrie is a bundle deal or something. Yeah. yeah I think right now that like, there's no hurry, you know, there's not like yeah. Russ is going to go play and no one, there's no training camp. There's no, there's no hurry. But I think when you get near training camp, that's when you really, I think you want Kyrie there from day one with Darvin Ham. Yes. You want AD, LeBron, assuming AD and LeBron are still here. Those, that's, I don't think that's far reach, but you want them there from day one of training camp. Until those days, and I don't even know, do you know when training camp is officially? Is it September? I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. August? Yeah, so it will move quickly though. Like once we once summer league is over and who knows, maybe it happens next week. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Maybe I, I know someone, uh, Jacob wrote up the, about the, there hasn't been an aggressive push for Kyrie. And then Jacob did a great job of reporting. Like he said this about Harden and then the next mm. day Harden was traded. Yep. So you really never know how, what's going on behind the scenes, but that's another thing that we never, that no one is even talking about, dude. Like everyone just forget Harden was on the nets. Like the, the nets, that is the biggest failure in NBA history. It has to be. I, I think Zach Lowe called them like the, the greatest what if team in history. Like if they were just to stay healthy, what that would have looked like, but it never happened. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I listen, I know that the rusting was a calamity in itself, but I mean, the Nets had Harden, gave up on him midway through their first season, brought in Simmons, who never played. Like the whole thing, when you really look back at it, it's just been, I mean, KD didn't play for a whole season. Kyrie didn't play for half this season because yeah. he didn't want to get a vaccine. Like, it's just in, insane what has happened in Brooklyn. And a fresh start there is probably good for everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why I don't think, like, they, they don't want to drag this on, although, although it's maybe smart on them to just get the best value they can because this is their, like, only chance at, like, rebuilding. Like, you have a KD who's going to get you a lot of stuff. Like, if that Gobert trade is any indication... Brooklyn should be like set up for the future with this KD trade if they if they plan things out right. The Kyrie thing isn't based on the suppressed market. They're not going to really get a ton from him. I don't hope at least on the for the Lakers side. Mm-hmm. But um, that KD thing, they have to to nail that trade. So is this? I want to make sure. I think this is correct. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmero, four first round picks mm-hmm. and a first round pick swap for yeah. Gobert. Basically, that's Anthony Davis, if not more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That means so what a trade package looks like. I don't know. I have no idea. But that we didn't even talk about Ben Simmons, by the way. Like, he's just there, right? I wouldn't be surprised if he's part of like a deal or something, also. Like, he's, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, now I'm just like, wait, what if the Nets don't want Russ? Because who, what are you going to do with Simmons? Yeah. They can't do anything with that. Yeah. I don't know. That's a very interesting. It's very, very interesting. I'm refreshing in case I missed anything. <laughs> Just because you never know, right? Like You never know who's going to pop up on your screen and be like, because every time Sham tweets, I'm like, what is it? But it's like, oh, okay. Just a little a rookie deal. But we'll see. So you're all in. Are you? Let's just wrap it up. This. Are you all in on the Kyrie? I think if they don't get Kyrie for Russ Steel, it would be a massive disappoint, disappointment. Disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that because it, it goes back to what you said earlier, like the, the other options are kind of not as appealing in terms of like 
giving you the best chance to win this year. Like if it was all just about getting rid of Westbrook, then yeah, I think they can still have a trade lined up with another team and get some role players back to help them. But I don't think it gives them as high of a ceiling as Kyrie does. And also I don't think it might not take as much to get Kyrie at this point. So I, I definitely want them to, to explore it and get that done to, to a point. I don't want them to, again, bid against themselves here when you really don't have right. to. And I, I do like, I, I do worry that they give up two first here. And um, if they do, then they better be getting back a really solid player besides Kyrie back. Like Royce O'Neal, for example, he got traded there pretty weirdly got traded there. Right. When all this stuff was going down, he'd mm-hmm. be a perfect three and D wing that the Lakers need. So I would be okay. Maybe if you're going to get a Royce O'Neal back, but if it's like Kyrie and Joe Harris, then no, I'm not, I'm not giving up two first. What about Kyrie and Seth Curry? See, even then, like I like Seth Curry, but that's two small guards, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing the Lakers have. To go with the two other small guards they already exactly. have. The shooting will obviously be amazing. And that's something they really, really need. Same mm-hmm. with Joe Harris, but I don't know if he's healthy. Um, but yeah, not, I would have given up the two first. Yeah, Seth was hurt a lot last year, but he did play in the sweep against Boston. He averaged, I think it was like 15 points that series. So he, he he's still solid. still a great shooter. Like he, he would probably be the best three-point shooter on the team immediately, right? Like, not even close. Yeah, easily. And that that report from Chris Hayden said that was where when the the holdups was with this deal was that the Lakers wanted or want Seth Curry, but the Nets want them to take back Joe Harris instead. So, obviously, the Lakers have a preference of the two. I I don't – I mean, I'd be happy with either one. But, yeah, yeah, I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if they're holding out on not signing out the rest of the roster because this Kyrie thing is still, still going on. Yep. And d- dude, I, we missed this one too, but like Jeremy Grant was pretty cheap. Surprisingly, yeah. A lot of these yeah. guys are going for pretty cheap, except Colbert of all people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Jeremy Grant, you're like, that's it's it. Pr- protected first and yeah. like stuff. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, Alex. We'll see what happens. Um, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, he breaks down California classic games on Twitter. He's watching <laughs> and tweeting, watching and tweeting. You love to see it. Uh, are you going to Vegas next week? Are we gonna Are we gonna do in the pod from Vegas? No. Are Are you going? It's in the air. Okay, but I don't think so. I I don't think so. But uh, it's up in the air. Um. So we'll we'll be here next week. Uh, and Alex will be all in on summer league probably. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I this is. I love summer league. Yeah, I feel like this is your yeah. time to shine, man. You love this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, all, all in on Jay Huff coverage. Yeah. Jay Follow Huff. me for that. Yeah. So there you go. At Alex M. Regla. I'm Alex Padilla86 on Twitter. Um, and this is silverscreenroll.com's podcast. Check us out or just subscribe. Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere there is an audio podcast. We are there. Silverscreenroll.com. For all of your latest Laker news, Jacob does a really good job of just like pounding out the news as it's coming because there is so many rumors and reports every day i mean today what did we talk about four and that was just today so four different writers four different reporters reporting four kind of similar different things so it's it's moving and it's moving quickly Uh, but thank you everybody for listening alex this was uh, a lot of fun and we'll see what the lakers look like next tuesday how about that yeah i bet it's gonna be totally different again (laughs) all right buddy we'll talk to everybody next week peace